0: Glorious humans, gentle ladies, ladmen, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM, and this is your co-host,
1: Robbie. Uh we had
0: a, we had a long preload this time.
1: We did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna start it with that, I think. And then we'll and then we'll do and then the intro has happened. Hello everyone. And now we'll talk about something else. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh hi Robbie hello how are you doing all right how are you yeah good I'm glad that uh you're back this week because last week was like, I had fun doing the show last week mm-hmm. doing some you know j- chatting about video game ads but it's not as it's, it's hard doing a show on your own it's not. <laughs> as, it's, just, it's just not as fun and well. although like again like you know like I enjoyed talking about the subject that I enjoyed talking about, but it's just better to discuss things with someone. It's not as fun to do things on your own. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying, are you saying last week's episode was shit, Jay? Is that what you're saying?
0: I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I don't listen to any of them. I don't didn't listen to any listen of them, Robbie. I don't listen to any okay. of them, Robbie. The podcast, I don't understand them. They, they weird me yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> they freak me out. I am not a, I'm not a, I'm not a good, uh, audience member in that way mm. um
1: well you're very good you make a, for a very good podcaster so maybe that's just it like perfect you may you may not be a good podcastee, but you are a good mm-hmm. podcaster
0: oh, wonderful i'm happy to happy to participate or part part partake partake participate here.
1: i'm real good at podcaster we're off to a cracking start this week we were gonna start off talking about current things you've been playing squadrons haven't played squadrons Squadrons. yeah how how has that been i've i've not really read any reviews i've heard people are enjoying it um i've not played it yet
0: it's pretty mediocre um but i have been playing it in vr with uh i have like a like a, a cheap relatively cheap like little control stick that i bought oh, a nice. long time ago uh so and uh so i've been using that and then and 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 stuff like that so it's been a little Im- it's been fairly immersive uh i mean i spent like the first like four hours like programming keyboard shortcuts and stuff like that so that i could like play while i can't see my keyboard okay. <laughs> um okay but uh oh right yeah I- oh, that makes sense it's pretty goofy. It's it's very poorly written, but it is. I, I kind of hit game. it. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Nights of the Old Republic, though. Mm. Um, but once I kind of let myself, once it kind of clicked in my head to like think of it as like an arcade game. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in an arcade. Okay, cool. Like, I'm just having an experience. Like, you go to an arcade, you don't expect good writing. You're just there to kind of goof around and, and have the experience, and that. Uh, has improved my, my enjoyment of it a lot. Uh, so it's been pretty fun. I've mostly been playing the campaign. I played, like, one online match, and I was, was very bad at it. Yeah. But, um, but I'm excited to do the uh, – they've got kind of, like, a, a fleet mode, which is basically, like, a, a MOBA thing where, like, you kill, like, the the enemy fighters, and that gives your team the confidence to attack the – the cruisers and then if you defeat the cruisers it gives your team the confidence to attack the capital ship and stuff like that
1: yeah so yeah i'm definitely keen to play it i'd like to play through the campaign even though i know it'll be fucking awful and (laughs) (laughs) but i just want to see the missions you know i just want to i like you know i want to see the battles and stuff
0: i I wish the campaign was co-op I really, really do. I'm sh- I'm shocked that they don't, like, even try. But it's EA, so mm. they're pretty fucking lazy. Um, yeah. Because, like, being able to play the campaign co-op would be... Because it's just that it's-, it's that dumb shit where it's, like, every mission objective, like, the player is the one that has to do it. Like, you've got a squad, but they mostly just tell you what to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, so- oh, Star Fox.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, mm. it's- and-, and the thing is, in this, like, you'll get into a specialized ship... That, like, say, a Y-Wing, which is a bomber, which is mm-hmm. not designed to attack fighters. And then, like, halfway through the mission, they're like, oh, you gotta you gotta fight the fighters and defend the Corvette. What are you doing, Five? Where are you? Why are you not defending the Corvette? And it's like, because that's your fucking job. You guys are in the X-Wings. I'm in the bomber. I'm doing the bombing runs. And it's just it's very silly. So I wish fucking we had co-op.
1: Lazy Rebels.
0: Lazy fucking rebels. <laughs> <laughs> and the story is weird because you swap back and forth between the Imperials and the Rebels. Yeah. So. so
1: I've I've never been. So I played the Battlefront. Oh yeah. Two campaign and uh, game from a gameplay perspective, Battlefront games are good. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. But the storyline was Bobbins and like. <laughs> but yeah, this whole. I, I don't understand where this whole uh this whole thing came from uh with regards to the star wars extended universe or whatever i mean kind of in the main series as well but like making like adding layers to the empire like you don't like that either sympathetic characters and stuff (gasps) like that i hate that shit I mean they're the empire like just make them the baddies like, They're fucking nazis man yeah it's like they you know they they're the bad guys that's all. The... it's a, it's, a, it's a fairy tale and they're the baddies so that's yeah. all you need i don't need like some conflicted fucking tie fighter pilot you know wondering whether or not he's doing the right thing it's like yeah i i understand that they thought it you know they're like oh well there must be some aspect of conscription into the empire or ever but i think that's all just retconning from the fucking clone wars because that was the whole thing that they said the clone wars i don't know
0: yeah no it's it's like you can do it once in a while but there's a lot of it and like the trailer for this game like they had that like trailer where it's like following along this imperial like you know tie pilot as like this heroic character and then like the rebel pilot is some like fucking like redneck asshole yeah like he's like i'm going to get you sucker and it's fucking weird <laughs> i mean and I, I tell you this i hate 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 anything in star wars and this is actually why i hated uh the the rogue one film i hate anything where the rebel fleet goes toe to toe with the imperial fleet like it's a good idea like How do you any time so in the original trilogy, like, and through, you know, everything back in the day, like, you don't – if the a rebel fleet loses to an imperial fleet every time, one right. Star Destroyer will fucking wipe out a rebel, like, fleet of, of ships, basically, sure. because – they're the bigger they're the stronger like the rebels have less resources they have weaker ships like that's 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 the conceit and just nowadays it's so many it's like oh the rebel fleet is jumping in we're going we're battling them now and we're Uh, gonna win it's like no yeah rebels are always trying to escape
1: yeah i definitely understand that like the 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 uh threat um posed on screen by the sight yeah. of a Star Destroyer now is basically zero. Like Yeah. You don't nobody watches a Star Wars movie now and looks at a Star Destroyer barring the the first the original movie. Yeah. You know, sees a Star Destroyer and goes, Oh fuck. Oh shit. It's about yeah. to hit the fan. It's like oh, it's just a Star Destroyer. Like they're more worried about the TIE fighters. And it's like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. But um anyway speaking of um <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh the uh, video games how <laughs> video games have evolved <laughs> so, smooth, so smooth smooth like a shark <laughs> uh uh this is uh this is um your your week to uh to pose a a topic mm-hmm. um for the forecast so or maybe we should say actually so uh for the listeners uh at home, if you're at home listening to this, um, we're taking it in turns. I don't know if we ever made that clear to anybody else, but um, we're going to take it in turns. So every week, uh, JM and I um, come up with a different theme um, or topic, and then and then that's what it is. And this week's mm-hmm, is JM, mm-hmm. so I should probably stop talking. Well, sure, uh, <laughs> if
0: you want, uh, you'll have to start again soon enough. Um, so this is <laughs> from the uh, the questions. Uh, survey that you posted onto the Devolver Discord in the uh, FortCast channel. Um, and it's from the first batch of questions, which most of them we answered on air at the end of one mm-hmm. of our sessions. But uh, but this question was a bit of a doozy. And so we held off and we said we'd do an episode about it. And uh, I think this is the time. So, uh, so here's the question. We don't know who it's from. They're all anonymous. So thank you, anonymous asker. Um, this is a pretty darn... Pretty pretty in depth question. We'll we'll find out. It might only be 20 minutes of, of of us being like, yeah, it's like this, and then you know, we talk about Star Wars somewhere. Um How have both of your views changed on the industry from when you started to today? Has anything in particular changed for better or worse? And what do you think could benefit from change in the future?
1: Put in a little bit of music here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, have we ever acknowledge that you make all that music? Have we? Have we publicly said that? Thanks for making all that music, Robbie.
1: You are welcome. That's quite all right.
0: <laughs> insert, insert applause right there.
1: Yay! Uh, okay, so um, this is a really interesting subject. Uh, yeah. How how should we how shall we break this down, JM? How do you want to? How do you want to? How do you? I guess approach we'll approach
0: do- this one at a time so how have our views changed on the industry from when we started to today um yeah. i can just dive into my answer and then we can kind of go back and forth from there
1: absolutely yes please do okay. i'd love to hear how <laughs> uh your opinions have changed
0: so i guess i'll start before i got into the industry like before mm-hmm. i you know was involved in the industry you know i you know it was just a not just a i was a waiter I was a server um you know in restaurants and Mm -hmm. and and that sort of thing and uh it's having a pretty good go of it and for me video games were all the big video games i don't think that i had played an indie game before i worked for devolver Mm -hmm. um and if i'm being honest i torrented a lot of games back then too this was like seven eight years ago uh and so you know Uh, I'm happy to say that I've never given Bethesda any of my money. Uh, (laughs) uh, I should probably pay them for Skyrim at some point, because I did enjoy (laughs) Skyrim. Um, (laughs) But so for me, video games were all AAA games. It was all the big games. It was all the huge stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I got a gig working uh, South by Southwest for Devolver. Uh, in a tiny little booth, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, fold out tables and a few computers. Um, and they sent me Hotline Miami, Rousers, and what is it called? Something Hearts. I can't remember what it is.
1: Mm, Um,
0: Dungeon Hearts. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which is actually surprisingly fun. Um, and... So uh, that was my first time you know, seeing indie games and selling them, and it was really fun. I had a great time, and I didn't think I'd ever see Devolver again, and then I got to go to E3, and I got to meet the people that make indie games. I got to meet a lot of people that make indie games, Dennis mm-hmm. uh, from Denaton, and I got to meet the guys, uh, uh, I think I met Pavel and Swavek from Flying Wild Hog on that trip, uh, and then a bunch of folks that were just around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for me, I I may have talked about it on the podcast before, but you know and i i've talked about it a lot you know in my personal life but for me i had this sort of revelation that video games had entered into uh what like what in music was the romantic period
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: and the romantic period is of music is largely um typified or is, was largely brought about by the piano the pianoforte like what we know as a piano um because it was a musical instrument that could be played both loud and soft by one person, and it could make a whole bunch of like it, you could you could make a whole piece of music and just play it on piano, and it would be beautiful and pleasant for everyone. Not mm-hmm. everybody likes a harpsichord solo. It turned out, <laughs> uh, and so this this was an afford like a relatively affordable piece of music equipment that people could you know put in their home.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I mean, obviously, you know, rich people. But like yep. anyone could play a piano, you didn't have to have like a bunch of musicians come in. You could have a piano in your home. Your friend could come by, and music started being composed and played for smaller audiences. It started to be you know, you know, music for just a parlor. You know, just for a party. They, they, there was a lot of different expression in music. No longer did was was music required to convey a clear singular emotion throughout the piece. Uh, they they in the Baroque they called it the humors, and you could only activate one humor mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, the, um, you know, in the romantic, you would get these weird, uncomfortable emotions. And so for me, like having Dennis explain hotline Miami to, to me, he didn't explain it, but there was this kind of moment where I mentioned something being upsetting. He's like, yeah, that's the, you know, it's like, we're trying to push it as far as we can. Like, what are you people okay with? And I'm like, Oh, this game is supposed to be uncomfortable. I'm not supposed to like being this character. Okay. Now I get it, because that was my turn off to Hotline Miami. It was like, I don't want to be these fucking people. Like, this is <laughs> right. awful. Like, I'm not... No. Ew.
1: You don't um, want to be the Imperial TIE fighter pilot, who's yeah. a sympathetic character. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> um. So,
0: it, it was... Uh, um... It was it was just a big moment for me because I realized that video games, the technology had reached a point where small groups of people could make games that really, uh, and this is something Graham has pointed out in the past, that games don't have to appeal to because it's small teams, because it's uh, you know you're, you don't have millions invested in, in in making a game, you know small indie artists can appeal to niche. Gamers, they can appeal to niche audiences, they can appeal to small groups and still be a viable business, can still, you know, have a successful game, even if they don't sell 10 million fucking copies or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Um, So, you know, that hit me right away that, you know, we'd reached this stage where, you know, it was possible to make music on a, or make music, make games on a fundamentally more personal level, to to challenge emotions in different ways than because triple a games generally don't uh i think uh tend to play on more than one humor at a time you know
1: no yeah and especially you know if you're talking sort of eight nine ten years ago you know yeah. they were getting better but yeah i mean particularly the the biggest most mainstream most uh um visible games are that because they are broad and they're intentionally mm. so they're designed to be entertaining and uh you know the same could be said for tv and movies you know it's any mm-hmm. any entertain any form of entertainment the arguably you know the the bigger the more successful stuff tends to be the most broad um so yeah to your point it's uh y- yeah you'd um in indie much again like in music you know the the punks and the indie <laughs> you know kind <laughs> of musicians yeah. do things you know away from the mainstream and and carve their own niche yeah and um i had a similar experience i think so i um i i also worked in um uh, you know, service, well, I was, I worked in retail, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, still customer service. Um, but I worked around video games. I worked in like a video game store and, um, and a record store. And, um, yeah, while I did work with people who had a bit more sort of video game knowledge than I did, I was still a pretty big gamer. I'd been a gamer my whole life and um, and, and tried to play anything and everything, I th- at least I thought, um, but I <laughs> never had a PC. Um, so that was kind of like an entire world that I never really paid attention to until I came into the industry myself. So while I sort of had, had proper, perhaps played smaller games before um yeah i definitely like wasn't like steam and uh you know and all that kind of stuff was just like completely just an unknown quantity to me um yeah i had no no connection to it whatsoever until i joined the industry so that was a big eye-opener for me um just as you say like discovering that there are all these people out there both on the creative side and the consumer side who exist in this c- almost completely separate at the time it felt like almost a completely separate uh world to yeah playstation and xbox and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah Absolutely. definitely eye-opening and then i guess that's 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 not really that's like the prelude to the actual question they ask is how has it changed from when we started oh, to yeah. <laughs> today but i mean but i i think we got to start there to to get there and i uh do you want to do you want to go for the this one or shall i just keep on rambling
1: yo keep on rambling
0: please so i guess for me just thinking of the ways that the industry has changed from when it started to today um from my experience at least uh independent games there's a shitload more of them and they are available on consoles now uh which is excellent um i think that's better for everyone um you know independent games being available on PlayStation Xbox and Nintendo uh now it's Switch uh is a huge deal like you didn't used to get that on, on on any real level at all like you only got the big games so there's more accessibility there's more opportunity for people to sell their games there are way more indie games because now it's like now it's like oh we can do this like suddenly everybody is like oh we can do this and yeah. uh so there's just a ton of it but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing or anything like that um uh, uh
1: no i don't you know no i don't think it's a bad thing at all i think it's great
0: yeah uh i mean there's a lot of you know that means there's a lot of games that maybe get lost in the shuffle uh and that's you know individually tragic but uh but I think there's just, I think it's it's still a wonderful industry in that way. And there's plenty of opportunity for folks to learn and make more games and to grow. And like, you know, like we're seeing with Among Us, a game that had like virtually no, like very little success for two years and then suddenly exploded. Like you never know when a game is going to get rediscovered, when a game is yeah. going to get found, you know, when it's, when it's going to hit its stride and uh, success or monetary success at least.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the fact that that is, <clears throat> you know, there's probably a lot of people who you know either work in the industry or um just follow it and are fans or whatever but probably didn't think that stuff like that was still possible yeah um but it is (laughs) like you know there there are incredibly the video games industry as it is right now is still wide open i think for Mm -hmm. you know for creativity and as you were saying and sorry to interrupt but um Mm. as you were saying yeah like uh opportunities are endless you know i mean obviously you know there are various constraints you have to have equipment (laughs) you know which doesn't always come cheap and um you know if you're gonna go into it full-time you need ways and means to support yourself and, and all these types of things but i mean the same is true of any artistic endeavor really
0: yeah and having to own a computer is, you know, having to own a computer that can create a game is far less of a hurdle than it was, you know, 15 oh, years yeah. ago. You know. I mean, you can...
1: The software is... Yeah. You can still, you know, there are still, I mean, pianos are still more expensive than computers. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: I think something else that has changed in the industry is the concept of the gamer. Yeah. Um, that there is this sort of gamer culture. There's this gamer identity. Um, and and it, it may be just a me thing that I don't like. Well, like when people would ask me about being a gamer, I remember being asked about being a gamer a couple of times. And, and really my response is that I don't like being described by the products I consume.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't want to build an identity around that, but I know a lot of people do enjoy building an identity around uh, their fandom or, yeah, that's or what why they people, enjoy. Yeah,
1: that's why people call me the pizza man.
0: Is that <laughs> what people call you?
1: That's what I call myself. I'm building my oh. own brand, building my own brand around uh, the things that I consume. Which oh, is pizza. Nice. It's not 99% Nothing.
0: pizza. 99% pizza. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Didn't know that. That's uh you know, but that does explain uh why people call you the pizza man. Yeah. You try there to you yes go. and this. Thanks man. Uh, yeah, for sure pizza man. <laughs> uh but there's this, there's this very, uh, there's this, there's this identity as the gamer, uh, mm-hmm. as people who identify with the lifestyle. They wear, I mean, you know, they they wear clothes that identify them as the lifestyle. They're defensive of the lifestyle, you know, and I think that kind of leads into the second part of the question of like what may have, what may be for better or for worse. And I think for worse is that a lot of people are uh, defensive of, you know, what they they're fighting over who gets to be a gamer
1: yeah and but also i think there's two sides to that a little bit because you've got people that are defensive over their hobby and what they consider to be uh you know a, a pretty sacred pastime uh mm-hmm. but at the same time the connotations of you know the term gamer uh have been manipulated uh to 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 be negative you know to have negative connotations to them so mm. you know so you will see i mean this relates largely again to uh the mainstream air quotes whatever that whatever that is right now um you know over the years you know gamers have been sort of um uh what's the word reduced to um just being you know a basement dwelling you know uh stunted adolescents uh you know with poor interpersonal skills you know who just play video games all day Uh, you know or you know they're playing violent video games it's you know so they're they're violent thugs um and things like this and i don't think any of that has ever been true I think, uh, you know, that you that those you could use that 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 description could fit uh, people with any number of passions. Um, But it's it's so quickly and so constantly linked to video games because it's a very juvenile. um, And I mean that in terms of age um like the age of the industry um mm-hmm. it's still very young um mm. you know most of like the veterans of the video games industry you know are only in their you know 40s or 50s um so it's still a very very young industry and um and and people take aim at young people or <laughs> you know or young industries all of the time so it's it's often been a scapegoat and especially with you know the rapid kind of advancement in the industry and in technology in general the rise of the internet and um and smartphones and things like this because people who were into video games tended to be more interested in those types of um advancements mm. um usually the earliest adopters um and uh usually the people who kind of grow those platforms first and then they become mainstream and, um, there's a, there's a resistance, I think, uh, in, uh, or there has been a big resistance in, uh, the mainstream for a long time, uh, for seeing this kind of like what they saw as like a restrictive and debilitating hobby becoming a, a big commercial and important part of the global economy. I've, yeah. got, I've gone really deep on this. I really didn't <laughs> intend to at all, <laughs> but, um uh um but i think that's why people uh continue to attack video games and gamers for a long time um and and now i think yeah as you were saying it's kind of like going into the things that we think like would be nice to to change or to see evolve in the industry one thing for me would be to you know finally just find ourselves in a place where you know video games are you know you stop reading uh uh news or uh, articles in like a mainstream place like usa today or the bbc or something like this you know reporting on video games as if their success or their popularity is still somehow surprising (laughs) <laughs> um like oh how is this weird how are these weird little games you know so popular and it's like because the whole fucking world <laughs> plays video games yeah. like that's where we are now you know it's like as especially you know and and as as we roll through the next you know few generations it, more and more will will be playing video games so um yeah i think i'd just like to kind of see video games just be more broadly accepted um or or at least you know like uh just accepted to the point where they're not a novelty anymore um because they're not they're not a novel novelty they're a part of everybody's lives and the fact that you know you've already talked about the fact that there is there's so many layers there isn't just this top tier of mainstream popular games there's Smaller and smaller and smaller games, all the way down to the very, very smallest games that you can just play for free for ten minutes. Um, that there, there's there's something out there for everyone, and and people enjoy it. People like interacting with stuff like that.
0: Um, they do like interacting, and and actually, I'm going to use that to segue to one of the things that I also think is worse. Okay, good. Uh, in the I industry, feel like
1: I was just rambling on one there. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one of the things that I think is worse in the industry now. Uh, than it was you know seven years ago when I got in and it's it's always been i think um fairly present, like you know if you watch documentaries about video games coming out, they have always been um habitually addictive mm-hmm. people get into it, people love puzzles, human beings love puzzles, they love challenges they love uh they love games i mean pac man fever and all that you know all that you know stuff you know um but I think what is what is i think disturbing these days the trends that have you know been moving forward is the is that there is a deliberate conscious effort to make games more addictive yeah to you know the same the same people are you know the, the, i mean the, there's there are people who study addictive behaviors and how you make people addicted to things and you know they use it for smartphones they use it for you know apps they use it for slot machines and they use it for video games microtransactions loot boxes all this shit that people just still buy they still enjoy it and that's that's the thing like they get their dopamine hit and they like it's it is uh predatory and it is dangerous and uh you know it should be it it i mean It's something that needs to be watched out for, needs to be regulated, needs to be, um, you know, taken care of. Uh, We need to make sure that that sort of stuff isn't appearing too much in children's games that isn't, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, like, you know, fucking, you know, Fortnite, you've got kids bullying other kids because they can't afford, like, the fancy skins and shit like that. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that uh, the the term default uh, became, (sighs) like... uh, you know like a like a name that people would, you know that that kids would use in schools you know be like uh you're fucking default huh? <laughs> like it's like you're, nice. you're you're the human equivalent of a default skin <laughs> which Pretty means you, you suck basically That and, is, uh, I, I had to say i did laugh at that <laughs>
0: that's good no kids are, i mean kids are smart that's yeah. good that's funny <laughs>
1: You know, and I, I, I
0: don't pretend to have the solution on how these sorts of things. I'm not an economist. I'm not a, you know, yeah. regulatory body. Um, but
1: Let's it, it is something Let's alarming. Yeah. Let's just start. Let's just get rid of EA. Oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm curious if Bethesda is still going to be shitty after uh, Microsoft, now that Microsoft's bought it.
1: Yeah, so that, I suppose this, that kind of all, that whole kind of acquisition ties into all, well, I mean, certainly ties into the, the discussion around how the video <laughs> games industry has changed, you know, with, um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, with, I just, well, I
0: just realized that Microsoft bought both Oblivion and Bethesda, and a lot of the reason I hate Bethesda is because of how shitty they were to Oblivion. Oh, right. So, uh no obsidian who do obsidian, i, who do I mean? obsidian, obsidian. Yeah, obsidian. Yeah. sorry oblivion yeah, yeah, yeah. uh obsidian yeah. uh so yeah that that uh that makes me laugh sorry yeah
1: <laughs> but i mean it, yeah but that's another thing that's you know we're obviously seeing change in the industry and uh i mean who knows what's going to happen with all of that but uh, i mean do you know what i don't even know i'll probably cut that <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely I mean, don't know. But I think it, it, well I'm just I'm just thinking that kind of like the, Microsoft buying Zenimax there's there's more there's more they they know that they need exclusive content, right? I think okay, so I think this is my point is that that the, that acquisition is driven by the need to have exclusive content for their platform. Is and it? and that yeah because um ultimately that potentially makes their platform more attractive to gamers than yeah. another platform because it's you can only play if you're a fan of this game you know the bethesda you know that's so we're talking like doom that has a huge fan base elder scrolls mm-hmm. has a huge fan base uh dishonored um so you're in theory effect you know taking those uh franchises and putting them on your xbox and saying you can only play these games on xbox um and that becomes a feature then um i'm not saying that's what they're going to do but they spend mm-hmm. a lot of money so then you know there must be there must be a reason behind it um yeah. and um that's the kind of thing that we're starting to see now um in and i think it has a lot to do with this uh this move towards uh gaming on demand and well uh, an entertainment on demand people expect more for a lot less now so i guess microsoft's play in this situation is rather than trying to you know work out x amount of deals with pub- with publishers in order to secure games or exclusive content um and then sell the games and then take percentages and then and bank on people buying the games or cut deals for them to be on game pass. It's like, why don't we just buy them outright <laughs> and, mm. and then we can do what we want. Um, and it gives us mm. an offering, um, you know, and then we dictate how people consume that content. And, uh, if the content is valuable enough, um, then because they're what they're pushing is game pass so yeah. um you know uh because they i think they understand i think the whole industry understands that we are getting to a point where people do expect more for less like most people expect to pay ten dollars a month for a streaming service that gives them all of the movies and tv shows that they want to watch um that's not quite true in video games yet um but I think Microsoft are the first ones, you know, really pushing hard in that direction. So mm. I expect to see more of that. Um, but
0: yeah, it's grim news for all of us.
1: It is. It is because. Because uh, you, you know, know how if... much
0: musicians make on Spotify. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's jack shit. It's, it's going to be interesting to see because. Because I, I I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I do not really understand how it's well no i do understand it's different for a platform like netflix because that has many 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 millions of subscribers um and uh they big and then that because that gives them such a big audience they can drive hard bargains with people to get their content on the platform Mm -hmm. plus it means they can produce all their own um they now produce all their own content as well um which again they can manage they can budget for they can manage all of that um and they own it so um you know then there's no royalty involved or anything like this um but the difficulty in video games is that because they're so much more complex um and so much more work goes into them than a movie or a tv show not that a lot of work doesn't go into movies and tv shows but it's considerably less um yeah than uh than a video game. Striking a balance between value for money and sustainability I think is much, much harder. Um and I think that's probably why Microsoft have bought Bethesda. Because they've seen an opportunity to make the first step in that direction of of going like, okay, right, well, we're just gonna potentially make the, all of this content exclusive to our platform because we own it we're not licensing mm. it we own it um so yeah I, sorry i feel like i've just fucking gone off on one i don't i don't i don't know that i, th- I think i i think i don't i
0: don't i don't know that they're going to do exclusivity i think you're you're probably no, right about them forcing that it that. onto game pass but i yeah. i don't think because like you know so they have uh, obsidian and they did outer worlds and outer worlds came out on everything uh and that's the thing like they they're going to make so hardware doesn't make money, software and services make money. Hardware is always a losing like, yeah. you know, they'll often sell consoles for, you know, they lose money on the actual physical hardware.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so it is about, you know, I think you're right though. You're trying to get people into Game Pass, get into these subscription services. Yeah. Um because they they stand to make money in the long run on that. And it, and I I hope they all fucking fail. Uh, I mean, every once in a while, someone will get lucky and get a good deal. I just, I just don't see it beating. I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't see it driving independent games. I don't see independent games because they're not going to buy anything that doesn't already. They're not going to pay someone to be on Game Pass because obviously they got to right. pay for the rights. Because nobody's going to be like, here, give my here, sell my game for you know, and I'll get a fraction of a penny every time somebody plays it, like. Indies can 't do that, um you know, so they, there has to be an upfront cost Microsoft isn't going to be like, well we're going to pay you half a million dollars for a game that nobody knows if anybody likes it yet mm-hmm. so I just don't see i guess i'm 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 hoping that Steam will continue to be the the place where indie games can live and thrive, and that people will still be like, "Oh, I want this game, I like this game, I want to try this game, and there is that aspect of indie games that is so much healthier than any other indie art form i think especially in this country is that people will buy indie games
1: people and they like a, to buy indie yeah, games and there is a platform for it like and there's there, a platform there are there are multiple it. platforms but yeah but I, um steam but, gog humble yeah and then you've got all the media you've got influencers yeah. you've got podcasts <laughs> you know like you there there are so many um ways to there are so many paths to consumer on pc alone um, for Indies um, you've got Twitter you've got fucking Facebook you've got it's yeah. the world at your fingertips um yeah. so yeah I agree i i'm I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, subscription services for uh, video games I understand why they're um, a really attractive proposition for consumers but I mm. think it, it, I think they they probably will find a place maybe you know in the upper echelon of gaming where maybe I mean, you know I, people are playing call of duty and things like this on a subscription that yeah, just there's a place you know, for it for your... sure yeah but i th- but i agree I, I don't think it's i don't think it's uh i don't think that's where the whole industry is headed um no. i just see that, that you know microsoft are, are taking firm strides in that direction
0: Uh they're probably going to be the most successful at it so far
1: yeah well i mean they're already integrated you know with pc through windows so yeah um not that anybody Plays game pass on windows <laughs> but um no. uh but you know but they realize that you know they have a foothold there so
0: yeah they've got um, the best they've got the best opportunity to make it run well and i think if if it's yeah. if it's you know if it's for highly prof if it's for highly visible and successful indie games and for um for triple a games i think it's going to have a place but sure i i also can't see i can't see even microsoft shelling out the kind of dough that would make call of duty be like oh yeah i guess we won't charge 60 dollars for our latest reskin yeah. of call of duty yeah like they they make shit loads of money doing mm-hmm. their own thing and then you enter it in also into like the microtransactions within the game yeah uh and who gets to handle that and where does the cut of
1: that money go which yeah, is exactly. you know and that's that's why microsoft bought, that's why microsoft bought Zenimax. <laughs> you know yeah because it cuts all of that out um but yeah it remains to be seen uh you know what what kind of exclusivity that involves.
0: They should probably all be paying more in taxes.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah that would be good. <laughs> where probably. are <laughs> where, where are we where are we in the uh, in the conversation discussion uh question i've forgotten where we're Uh, i think i think i think we wandered off oh Um, yeah we definitely how
0: how 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 have things changed i mean you know so we're seeing more you know attempts at the subscription model yeah um microtransactions and loot boxes pervade the market and people still buy them Mm -hmm. uh, because they enjoy the thrill um and it's designed for them to enjoy the thrill um yeah. Huge companies, you know, making massive acquisitions, which isn't actually as new as we probably think it is. Because I've been watching documentaries on like the old days of video games, and that shit sure. kind of yeah, happened yeah, yeah. a lot, it turned out.
1: Yeah. But not on um, this scale, obviously.
0: Not on this scale. There weren't as many big dogs. Yeah. Uh in the fight. Um I think for better is that there is more opportunity. There are more indie games. There are a lot more weird. Games that challenge preconceptions, that Mm -hmm. challenge the notion of like violence solves everything. I'm bored to death of video games where it's like violence solves everything. Like, okay, cool way to think that one through. Yeah, very creative. Um, there there are more games that are just very weird. They're challenging what the idea of a video game is, um, and they are also reaching you know different levels of emotion um and and really connecting with people in new and different ways and i I think there's a lot to be said for that yeah
1: uh agreed mm i i I just think there's still there's still so much room for more i really do like I i think there's there's still things that haven't been done in video games i don't know if we'll ever get to a point where everything has been done in video games um yeah, mean, so. yeah. who knows
0: <laughs> I would like to see in the future and this is such a weird concept I think to suggest but there is there's a solipsism that develops from playing video games that is naturally occurring when you're playing in an imaginary state where you are the only person present mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how that can be challenged but I think having it having these sort of situations where it's constantly reinforced that you're the only real person or you're one of a very few amount of real people, uh, I think is damaging to the psyche in very subtle and, um, you know, insidious ways that, that I don't think we appreciate, you know, I, you know, people talk, point out to like, you know, oh, violence in video games and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I don't think it's the violence in video games that, kind of messes with people's head i think it's the solipsism it's mm. the narcissism it's the everything is about me yeah it's the you know it should just work the way i want it to work instantaneously and, and these sorts of ideas
1: oh yeah i mean i mean there's a, a very very you know potent uh argument to be made for the fact that uh, you know people enjoy the level of control that they have in a video game the mm-hmm. level of, or the level of control that a video game offers them. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And more ways to to I don't
0: know. More opportunity for I mean, and I, th- I think video games are great, you know, for me during lockdown, being able to play games with my friends has been huge. Like the reason I started playing GTA five so much was because one of my friends got it and I hadn't seen him in, in forever. We hadn't talked much, and then suddenly we're playing games pretty regularly, at mm-hmm. least once a week. And it's like, man, we haven't—you know—we've intended to talk on the phone for yeah. years yeah. since I left, since we left Austin. But but now we're talking again, and it's great, you know. And it's it's like, oh, cool, we're hanging out again. And and I, I don't—I I know that video games already kind of facilitate a lot of social interaction. I—I th- I mean, then again, that's you know, that's what Fortnite is about for kids. Yeah, you know, and I think. That game is, I I don't play it myself, but everything I learned about it, that game is on the cutting edge of what video games will be in the future. The virtual environments where people can just hang out and fuck around, and it's not like, see, and then there was shit like Second Life, which was popular,
1: but really weird. Yeah, it's still very (laughs) gated um, because of the nature of that game. Fortnite uh, has sort of inadvertently become a social hub. Um, Yeah. But yeah you you're right they pivoted they learned to uh, they learned that that was where the game was going um and they moved to support it
0: so um I fucking had a concert that shit is so fucking cool that <laughs> shit knocked me out of my socks i was so impressed with that that was And they did it well, like they did it like on a scale that was like amazing, like they made the guy giant and like it was, it was an experience that could only be had in a video game Mm -hmm. and it was uh, very cool, very innovative and I think that is, there's so much to be learned from that.
1: Hugely. And that comes back to what I was saying about uh, the portrayal of video games in the media is that that was still treated like a curiosity. (laughs) <laughs> you know i mean
0: that that in that event was for sure i
1: mean it I mean, was it was new but i mean it was it was, it was certainly not just like a um you know oh what ooh, what a funny what a funny little thing is happening in this little video oh, game over here you know it's like no this is like this is like a fucking huge deal okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is this is the future you fucking yeah. morons but yeah, yeah. So in the future,
0: I'd like to see less predatory um, addiction models in mm-hmm. video games, or at least regulation on that. Less solipsism, which I have no idea how that would work. Um, because also, like, people in video games, when they don't have consequences, are just going to fuck around and be dicks. My yeah. friends used to play Ultima Online. I never had Ultima Online, but they used to play it. And they just told story after story about being absolute <laughs> shits to people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, well, you know, that's part of video yeah. games too. It's also part of it real is. life, so... It is. You know, it's very easy to judge video games on a separate... You know, separately from mm. from mm-hmm. other things that experience the same problems. And again, that's a perception thing.
0: I'd like more learning in video games. Real opportunities to learn things about the real world.
1: I recently just played a game i'm going to give him a shout out on here so it's a game called waver (laughs) it's a game called waver w-a-v-e-r and it's um i loved it because it's um it's a game about uh um uh, sports fans and what it is is it's a crowd and uh you have to perform uh certain uh certain things using your keyboard in order to make the crowd react in certain ways to a sporting event mm-hmm. uh, and the more things you get right uh you know the more points your team gets mm-hmm. and um the when i was speaking to the developer about it uh he was saying like oh we just like we just really wanted to make a video game about the keyboard because like it never gets enough love as like a <laughs> as like a you know it's it's a tool but it's it's never really you know uh used in a way that kind of challenges you to to look at your keyboard in a different way so yeah. every key on so you have 28 keys and um or oh, is it 27 how many letters are in the alphabet 26 letters in the alphabet Fuck. okay so it's 26 <laughs> 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 okay so it's 20 (laughs) it's 26 and um, i I thought it might include punctuation every (laughs) every every key is uh assigned to a different member of the of the crowd Mm -hmm. um so you uh so it's touch typing and you have to react you have to respond and press the right keys corresponding to the different uh characters on the screen doing different things did it help you learn how to type better? No, cause I'm terrible. Damn it. I'm really terrible. But the intention, the developer's intention was like, Oh, like, um, you know, we, we kind of want it to be like a fun way for people to like spend more time with their keyboard. So it's like, so in theory, yeah, it w it will make you a better keyboard user, but it's a video game. Uh, and nice. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, it's not out yet. I think you can get a demo. Um, or it hmm. might be on itch or something like that. But um, yeah, it's good fun. I want, so. I
0: want, I've actually been bothering myself to try to learn how to touch type.
1: Ah, I'll send you the demo. Yeah, send me the demo because <laughs> I'm too goddamn
0: old to be looking at a fucking keyboard. <laughs> it's like I've been typing since I was a child, but I still like refuse to like remember where any of the oh, goddamn are. Oh
1: man, me too. Are. I can type fair, I can type competently, but like not, I can, I don't use all my fingers I'm I, and yeah. I, and I. And I you know i still have to look well but... pinkies
0: are bullshit i had mine removed um, <laughs> because they are uh you know an anathema in the eyes of god uh, read your bible people
1: <laughs>
0: but uh
1: yeah opportunities for learning I'm, I'm big into that in video games for sure
0: yeah it's subtle too like because nobody wants like a here the entertainment like nobody actually wants that like i want to actually have to learn things on accident yeah as i'm playing game
1: i i talk about this game a lot but disco elysium i feel like that that's just that's just such an intricately philosophical game yeah that just kind of like even without even without meaning to you kind of just you find yourself like becoming really invested in uh different things or learning different things and like obviously a lot of the writing is just tied to the characters and the uh, and the and the law of the world mm. but the overarching uh philosophies that are explored mm. being explored in the mm. game are universal and that you know and they're mm. and they they are all kind of uh, facsimiles or mirrors of you know things that you would encounter in the real world so i just like and and you get to play with that you know you get to yeah play devil's advocate you get to do different things and um i i think that's i I love stuff like that it's really cool because it, it it serves the narrative as well it serves the story and the characters it's not just like binary like do this or do that um and what one of the options is always you know stab the dude in the throat or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and you you know and it's just like lol like i just did that for no reason and i got away with it or whatever um, yeah. it's a bit deeper than that um we've added
0: subtle morality to our game do you stab the orphans or give them a dollar <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> you are That'd a tie nice. fighter pilot do you like the empire or do you think it's bad
0: Morality in video games this is something we
1: should we should do an episode Fucking on. Fucking hell! Yeah, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> to fill an hour wow
0: if you include the first 10 minutes before i did the intro where we just talk about games
1: yeah i'm gonna include that yeah of course
0: it's all filler baby
1: it is i did i hope we've
0: filled your day with joy
1: yeah uh if you want to learn more about uh video games you can follow devolver digital on twitter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At Devolver Digital. <laughs> and the same on Instagram. You should really learn,
0: follow Fork Parker. Can learn. Oh, on, yeah, you uh, should
1: follow Fork Parker as well. You'll
0: get the real insights about video games. Learn
1: all about video games from the best in the business. Biz in the bestness. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see if we
0: got any more Ask the forecast. Oh,
1: let's have a look. I, I, while you're looking, I'm going to say one other thing. is that.
0: Say it, Robbie. Well... Just fucking say. When well, I was
1: talking earlier about the fact that the video game industry is still very young, um, it's still very fresh. It's very forward-thinking. Um, people may feel like it's becoming homogenized, but I promise you, it's not. Um, there are still countless avenues um, to pursue in video games, and and nobody really knows anything. Like the industry changes so fast. Uh, you know, there are so many variables um particularly on the uh publishing side of things like there are so many variables that either support or dismiss whatever you know fucking strategy you think you have um you know anybody i think anybody that calls themselves an expert that works in the video games industry is just talking out of their ass mm. there mm-hmm. are no experts mm-hmm. like we're all learning uh video games is a is a is an a very emergent emergent yeah and quite revolutionary yeah. in some ways you know um it's still way more about art than it is about science like yeah you can you know we talked about the game pass thing we talked about these big uh, mergers of companies and takeovers and uh, you talked about the um you know the 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 games that are being kind of uh you know the people who Addiction read models? read so deeply into the analytical side of things and the statistics and the user data and things like this in order to make games a certain way that is real um i don't think it's sustainable um and i think to your point it's it's cynical and it's and it's designed to target a very specific type of person and it is predatory mm. but you know if there was if there was a formula if if video games was all about science then you know nobody would be sitting here we wouldn't have an among us you know just breaking out after you know a couple of years or you wouldn't have well you wouldn't have ubisoft sitting there like wondering why their game that i can't even remember the name of their battle royale game that came out like you know four guys in among us came out or have have grown in popularity um and and Ubisoft with you know a huge original IP of their own a huge you know billion dollar company um with lots of resources uh you know can still make a dud um (laughs) so it's like that proves it like uh, you know the the cream will always rise to the top um and games will find their audience the same way that you know music will or an indie movie or whatever it is so yeah i don't like i don't like the endless uh kind of navel gazing over the like video games are art um but it's in it's a creative artistic industry that is what i will say
0: agreed and now ask the forecast Woo uh, let's see. Are there going to be more games added to the Devolver Digital Itch.io page? I was not aware that we had it. Do we have an Itch.io page? Fuck knows. I... That doesn't seem right. Are you Googling it? I am Googling it. I mean, I can't imagine that we have that. Devolver Digital Itch.io. Yeah, all right, we have some games, and you can buy them on Itch.io. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't see a lot of new games on here. I guess the newest is like Pikuniku and Ape Out. Uh, maybe someday, who knows? You can buy them on other websites. All right, question, that question's gone. I guess gone.
1: that's a question for Diego.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the growing field of accessibility in games? What are some of the best worst examples that you can think of? What is Developer's stance on accessibility in published games? Uh, it is good that there is more accessibility in games. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think all games should be made with accessibility in mind. I always like it when I when I start up a game and one of the first things I get is accessibility options. Yep. Um, I'm I'm
1: playing Control using all the accessibility options. Nice. <laughs> Cuz it's just way more fun to play that way. Not there's a lot a of them anyway
0: a lot of them too it's like you know hold the button instead of tap the button yeah. i'm like yeah that That. thank you because yeah. that's just annoying when you make me like <laughs> smash a button like yeah. oh
1: wow i'm smashing a button so a good uh, uh yes a good one to talk about there is actually uh disc room which is uh coming out soon um yeah uh Well, uh, october the 22nd in fact that's coming Ooh. out on uh switch and pc uh but uh the team behind that have uh that it's a it's a it's a hardcore arcade uh it's a hardcore arcade game right you know um it's mm-hmm. not intended to be easy um mm-hmm. but uh i know that jw and kitty and terry and dose have uh are really conscious of like wanting as many people to be able to play it as possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah like uh we definitely i think uh are, are all on the same page with regards to any upcoming devolver games certainly will all um you know uh be uh we'll all have um accessibility options high on the list
0: <laughs> i was like don't promise that they're all going to be in there because we can't control what they <laughs> do doing. <Robbie. laughs> we can yeah we can encourage it and yeah. uh, we do we do give people access we're we're working on getting, you know, people access to um, yeah. uh consultation. Accessibility yeah. consultation. That Maybe that's thing.
1: another that's another thing, you know, that's we've seen evolve in the industry and things that's that gonna be getting better is more accessibility.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a wonderful thing to to have in the industry getting better and better. I would like more variety in controllers. I'd like more split controllers where I can have like one in each hand and I can have my hands like not like Tight in the middle of my body when i'm playing a game
1: people i don't think the joy con get enough credit
0: those are fucking like i love just splitting them and having one in each hand and then i can like relax my wrists oh man honestly
1: like (laughs) the first time i realized that i could just sit on the sofa and literally just like slump my arms down beside me and still play mario i was like this is a fucking revelation
0: It's so much better. And I was like, (laughs) oh, is this? Apparently at some point they made a split controller for the PlayStation 2 or 3. It was a real novelty thing. That shit needs to come back in a big way, though, because that is so much nicer.
1: Mm, I agree. Uh,
0: I feel like this one got, we asked this one on the cast before, if you had to make out with any devolver character, who would you choose? That's a Uh, a
1: guest one. That's one for the guests.
0: mm. Uh, Someone said, muy bueno, gracias uh what audio hardware are you guys using for these none yet uh i think we're both using yeti microphones yep
1: the yeti blue yeti is it blue yeti uh
0: i'm not using a no the blue is oh no, yeah blue is yeah blue, blue yeti. is the company the blue the yeti. Yeti. yeah blue, the blue is yeti. I, was thinking, I was thinking of the snowball uh but yeah the blue yeti microphone with the and uh
1: and a tone or microphone uh, oh yeah the microphone arm, arm. yep Yep. <laughs> to be a and proper podcast sets.
0: <clears throat> uh can Fortnite be on here, H E A R. Sure, we talked about Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> We're not gonna do an episode on Fortnite. It's a devolver <laughs> podcast. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry. When we used to do streams on Mixer people would just constantly pop into chat and the only thing they'd say is Fortnite! Do you play Fortnite on here? And it's like, shut the fuck up.
1: What the fuck is Mixer? <laughs> are you being funny? Or are you being for real? <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Uh, what the fuck was Mixer?
1: R.I.P. in peace. Oh
0: bless their hearts um yeah so that's uh that's the forecast that's the forecast um justice was denied not that she ever could actually receive justice she's dead to brianna taylor but man uh there was a great um great fucking tragedy so i guess um you know (sighs) redistribute the police's funding defund the police and put that money into social services
1: uh, yeah black lives still matter people
0: I guess we'll have a, a stream soon or a, a, a forecast soon talking about our experience as a squad members on uh, Star Wars Squadrons oh
1: yes uh, you think you're
0: going to be ooh, uh, a fighter or like you're going to be anti, anti-ship anti or, or anti-fighter or you're well, going to be you know, more uh, of a bomber
1: I mean I, I, f- I feel I deep in my heart that i'm uh, a conflicted conscript of the empire um <laughs> no, no no are you gonna play it. so i think are you i'm actually just gonna fly around an and A-wing. wrestle with my emotions <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm in the empire they yeah. oh, 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 <laughs> no, uh, haven't even got uh, the energy to do it. i fucking it's so i, I hate that shit yep. it's just fuck
1: off